Hi, this is Patrick Rivera, the Director of the Office for Young Adult Ministries here in the Diocese of San Diego. This podcast is brought to you from one of our Theology on Tap recordings. Our Theology on Taps are just one part of the many various events and gatherings we sponsor here in the diocese throughout the year. If you're new to San Diego or would like to hear more about our gatherings and the ways in which we actively engage in ministry, please stay tuned till the end of the podcast for more information from our Associate Director, Pamela Poe. In the meantime, I want to wish you a wonderful day and may God bless you always. As Patrick and and Cole mentioned, my name is Pamela Poe, and I'm the Associate Director for the Office of Young Adult Ministry. I'm just going to say just a few words about our theme for this Theology on Tap series. So as you know, or maybe you don't, our theme for this series is Truth, Beauty, and Goodness. And it's something that, you know, we talked about a lot in our meetings and in our prayer. We wanted to bring in speakers to talk about these, these transcendentals. So if you don't know what they are, I'll read a little bit from Peter Kreeft. He says that truth, goodness, and beauty are the three things we all need and need absolutely and know that we need. Truth relates to the mind, goodness to the will, and beauty to the heart, feelings, desires, or imagination. These are the only three things that we never get bored of and never will for all eternity because they are attributes of God and therefore of all God's creation. And so for each of us, there's going to be one of them that we're drawn to. And they're called transcendentals because they, they lift us out of ourselves to God. And so it's with great pleasure for me to introduce our speaker. Her name is Erica Tai, and she's the owner and designer of Be a Heart. She graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in Sociology from DePaul University in Chicago, moved to Brazil to work for Hearts Home for a year and a half, then lived and worked in Brooklyn before moving to Los Angeles. She has a love for her southwestern roots, bold patterns, and all hand lettering. And also a side note, uh, when we talked for the first time, we both found out that December 8th is a really important day for us because that's my due date and it's her wedding day. So she's getting married in eight weeks and a couple days. And so keep her and her fiance Paul in your prayers and I'm sure she'll talk more about that. And so um, it's with great pleasure that we welcome Erica Tai. So someone asked me as I was walking in, well, what do you do? And I thought, okay, how do I explain what I do? And then I said, well, do you know Blessed is She? And she said, well, yeah, I know Blessed is She. And I said, okay, well, uh, I design all, all of the Blessed is She things. So I'm guessing a lot of the women know what Blessed Is She is, and maybe the men are like, what in the world is this woman talking about? Um, Blessed Is She is a women's ministry that takes place uh, a lot online, but we have uh, retreats all over the country. Our first retreat out of the country in Ireland is happening this year. Um, But Blessed Is She is only one of my clients. Perfect. Thank you. Everyone has to know and use their talents, and technology is not one of mine, so I'm very grateful for people who know how to do those things. So the talk tonight, as you know, is about beauty. And I can stand up here and and look like an authority on beauty, 
But all I can really share with you is the experience that beauty has had, um, that I've had in my own life with beauty, the way that beauty has brought me back to God, um, and, and what that has turned into. So I, I do have a design company in Los Angeles. I have a couple employees. I have a studio. Um, and I didn't always have the dream um, to be a designer. That wasn't what I, um, I, I dreamt of for my life. And it turns out that that's what God has called me to do at this time of my life. Uh, and, and so tonight I want to talk about how I got here. And the only reason that I got here is because beauty saved me. And there's a saying, if you've heard it, beauty will save the world. And I, and I believe that to be true only because in my own experience, that is what has happened. So I think to begin, I want everyone to think of a moment in your life where maybe you visited a really beautiful city that you were walking through the, the streets. If you've been to Europe, that can happen. Um, or maybe it was going to a concert and hearing a band play a really beautiful song that moved, moved you. Or maybe it was painting if you're an artist yourself. Maybe it was a moment where you were actually creating something with your own hands. Or maybe it was walking into your mother's house that she has carefully decorated um, and, and is an experience of beauty. Or maybe it's going on a hike. We have such beauty here. Maybe it's surfing in the ocean. But to think of that moment and put yourself back there and feel the feelings that you have when you are surrounded or you are experiencing beauty. So we find that beauty can lift us to God. Beauty, it, you, we can see it, especially, I, I live in Los Angeles, and, and I think it is true to be um, in San Diego or Orange County, where um, beauty can be so superficial, the kind of beauty that just turns you to that person. But the kind of beauty that we're talking about in the church is the kind of beauty that takes us to God and can lift us out of this place that we are on this earth and remind us that there is something higher something that loves us greatly. So um, for me, when I was, I was getting out of college, and I was miserable. I had a degree in sociology. I had kept one foot into the church by like going to mass on Sundays, but I couldn't find God in my life. And so what happened was that it was a very dark time for me. I was really, really miserable. And when I think back to that, I do not think of anything beautiful. I remember like an actual darkness around those days. And when I graduated from school, uh, you know, I had graduated at the top of my class. And I, I really didn't know exactly what I was going to do with my life. But I, I had been saving money, so I went to Europe. I took six weeks with all the money I had and a backpack like a good, you know, American college kid. And I backpacked through Europe. And what happened for me was I, I touched beauty. So I, I walked through the streets of all of these old cities and saw the way that the architecture uh, was, was carefully crafted. You can see me in this photo when I was, I was just out of college. I think I was 21. And I couldn't believe the way that I was encountering God for the first time again. 
the God that was not just in Sunday Mass, but the God that was bigger than the college I was going to or the city that I was in or the drudgery of being a 21-year-old in the U.S. And I walked through these museums by myself, and I saw the artist painting these things that I identified with. Like, I was really in the suffering of the world, so I could identify with these paintings that weren't just joyful. And I felt like they got me. Like, I was a part of humanity as I was walking through uh, these museums. And then there were all these churches. So, of course, I was going through them, and a lot of tourists go into the churches in Europe. But I had a moment where I was able to pray in all of them. And I noticed how when the church was really beautiful, I wanted to be in it. When the church was really beautiful, I wanted to sit there and I could actually feel God in those moments. So I came back from Europe and I was like, okay, the world is not the worst place ever. Maybe I can find some kind of joy. Um, What am I going to do? So I decided I was going to go to grad school and I was going to be a teacher. And so I I signed up and I had an interview for grad school. And the night before my interview, I remembered this organization that I had seen at like a, uh, after my freshman year of college, I'd gone to a conference and I saw a girl with the boot, you know, in the booth and she had the pamphlet and there were these kids running in the street. And I remember saying that I was going to do that one day. And so I thought to myself, if I don't do this now, when am I ever going to leave everything behind and go serve other people. And I thought maybe if I could learn how to love better, then I would be happy. So what happened is I, um, I signed up and they accepted me and, and I remember going to the uh, orientation and they were like, get your rosary. And I was like, oops, was I supposed to bring like a rosary and a Bible? And like I showed up forgetting half of the things of being a Catholic. And they, and so we went and I was like, if someone finds out that I'm not perfect, that I don't know my prayers that well, if I, if they, if I can't lead the rosary, which I couldn't at the time, will they let me be here? And so they accepted me and they, they told me that I was going to Brazil. So I said, okay, um, I don't know Portuguese. How is that going to be possible? And I, uh, I, I said, yes. I said, okay, Lord, I, I don't even know if I fully believe your existence, but there is this call in me that I must go. So I moved to Brazil, and when I got there, we we lived in a little village of um, nine homes. We had a church and then the area where you could eat food, which we had to cook for like 50 people. I'm not a good cook. I'm still not a good cook. I keep saying before I get married in like two months, I'm going to learn how to cook, but I don't think it's going to happen. And we took in abandoned children, so maybe their parents were addicts on the street and couldn't care for them, or um, maybe their parents had died. And, and then we also lived with disabled adults. So in my house, I had a schizophrenic woman um, who lived with me as well. And so I get there. I, I still didn't speak Portuguese, but, you know, I was like, what am I going to do? No one spoke English, so I was just there. And they said, Erica, you're going to be in charge of the school. And I said, okay, but I don't speak Portuguese. Like, how am I going to communicate with these kids? So what happened was the worst thing uh, was not that I spoke, I didn't speak Portuguese. It was that I walked into this schoolhouse 
that was completely trashed and uh, really ugly, and bat poo fell from the ceiling every night. So if we painted anything, the bat poo would fall on it. And when I would try and collect the kids to go to school, they would cry. So I was like, what am I going to do? I can't even get these kids into the schoolhouse, and I really don't blame them because look at that. And all the books were in French, which was unhelpful to a bunch of kids who speak Portuguese. <laughs> and I, um, you know, I, I, I saw that the issue was not so much that the kids didn't want to learn, but they didn't want to be there. And so I thought to myself, if this place was a little more beautiful, maybe the kids would want to come. And we didn't have money, but I started collecting um, uh, donations and asking people in the city if they had things that they could uh, let us have. And even some people, I had one hour of internet a week, and I wrote on my blog, which was titled Be a Heart, uh, I said, if you can send us some things. And it was very expensive to mail stuff from the U.S. So while I was working on the schoolhouse, we, we started doing things outside. So this is Bia, and, and I created this, I found this piece of cardboard, and I was like, we could throw some paint on it. So we would do things outside, trying to get her warmed up to the idea of going to school. And then, as time passed, all I did was take some white paint and paint stripes on the wall. Um, I created a tent out of bamboo, and slowly but surely, the kids wanted to be there. So once they were there, then we could actually do some other work. But, but for me, seeing the way that beauty could transform and make them attracted to something that once appalled them. And you can see in this next photo what Bia looked like in the schoolhouse. Um, and it was so funny because we all lived together, too. And those kids would knock on my door at 6 a.m. because they wanted to go to school. And I was like, okay, you guys have to go back to bed. We are not going to school right now. I really love this quote. In all that awakens within us, the pure and authentic sentiment of beauty, there truly is the presence of God. So... I use an art-based curriculum, which today we're talking about beauty. We're not so much talking about art, which they can really get mixed in, and they, they are, but they aren't. Um, but a way for these children who, who had a lot of very traumatic experiences, um, Bia, who you saw in the previous photo, and you see her here painting, she was abandoned because um, the, the townspeople started to say that her mother had had an affair with another guy because she was so light-skinned, and her mother was really dark. And I don't actually think it's true, but um, her mother was so um, uh, chastised by, by the town that she left the baby. And so when they found Bia, Bia was eating the wall um, because she was so hungry. And so Bia had a lot of pain, but as we started to paint and to let her express herself in beautiful ways, um, she, she grew into herself, and she found great joy. So you can see the kids reading. We did a lot of, um, the, we, we painted with chalk out here, and you can see great joy. So then what happened, a year and a half went by, and that experience, uh, it was very difficult. I will not stand up here and say that it was easy, but it was very beautiful for me. Um, and this is at my going away mass uh, with one of my friends, Hilda. But what happened is that I came back to the U.S. and 
I, I didn't have the beauty of life in the fazenda. And I was living in New York, and, and I got a job as a nanny because I was just trying to figure out, like, what in the world was I going to do with myself? And I returned to the darkness. And this time I knew that God existed. I had seen it. I had seen him. I had spent every day in adoration. We prayed a rosary every day. We did morning prayers. We did eating prayers. But that still wasn't enough for me to stay out of the darkness. And so I came back to the U.S. And um, my only coping mechanism was to drink. So I don't want to go too far into the story. You can find it online. Um, but I was going out until 4 a.m. on the weekends and on nights when I would say, like, I, I don't want to drink. Last night I drank way too much, and I'd find myself drinking again. And I couldn't understand how I just lived this really beautiful experience and now was in complete desolation once again. So I thought something was wrong with me, like what in the world is going on? And, and long story short, um, I, I ended up going to confession and crying to the priest. And he said, you know, do you need a spiritual director? And I was like, I do. And he said, okay, well, I'll be your spiritual director. So we started meeting, and then he suggested I quit drinking. And I said, that is not the problem. I have a lot of other problems in my life, but that is not the problem. And... So I went off, and I continued on my way. And then six months later, I came back to him, and I said, okay, I think you're right. I think it could be a problem. So I ended up getting help. Um, and I tell this, is it's really like I can't, I can't separate my story of beauty, my understanding of beauty, or my life now without this pivotal moment. And I'm not, I, I, it's so funny, like we're at theology, theology on Tap. So I was like, I, and if you can drink, God bless you. I wish I could. I cannot. Um, and, and there are ways to get help with that. And it's not to say, like, everyone can't drink or whatever. That's not, that's not what I want to say. I just want to clarify that. Um, but for me, I couldn't drink anymore. So there I was. I was 24 years old, 25 years old in New York City. And I wasn't drinking anymore. And I didn't know how I was going to have, like, a social life without that. How was I going to have friends? No one was going to want to hang out with me. And I really felt abandoned by God. And I was saying to him, look, I had just gone and lived a year and a half of my life where I was not going home for Christmas. I had one hour of internet. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I took care of all these kids and I was so self-giving. And now you have given me nothing. And my spiritual director said, um, you know, God is not a magician with a wand. It's also not like a deposit, like, well, I gave you this, so you have to give me this. And, and I, I couldn't quite understand what, what that meant. Um, but I started to see how I was acting like a child, like a tantrum. Like, you know, if, I don't know, if you unload the dishwasher, and then, like, your parents should give you a treat for doing that. Like, I thought that's how God was. And it turns out it's not. Um, and, and so through this journey, I realized that I had been living in such a way um, for, my own, for my own self. And 
so in the evenings, I was like, look, I used to drink a couple beers after work and then just go to bed because that's all that I could do after work. And what was I going to do now? I had all of this f- spare time. So I decided that I would um, learn calligraphy. And my mom had gotten me a calligraphy kit when I was a kid. And I ordered it on Amazon. And then I got it, and I was like, this is not what I wanted. Uh, it was like an old, you know, like those old um, square tips. And it looked really too old-fashioned for me. And so I, I started taking to calligraphy. I really needed something that I could go back to what those kids were experiencing, where beauty helped them out of the darkness. Beauty helped them process their trauma. Beauty brought them back to God's love. So there I was in my Brooklyn apartment, and I was doing some calligraphy after work, and I would find quotes that inspired me. And, And slowly but surely, light started entering my life. This way to connect with something that was outside of me, that looked beautiful, that I could invest myself in. And so then um, I ended up moving to Los Angeles just to get closer to my family and and not be in the cold, long winters in New York. And I came out to L.A. um, and I didn't have a job. Once again, I did not know what I was going to do with my life. And I went into into the wedding industry because I thought that's what people do in L.A. There's weddings, there's events, I'll just work in this. And I found that it was really a miserable industry to be in because people were just wasting money. And I had just lived in a place of, of real deep poverty. So how could I participate in something like that? And so then I, I was like, okay, well, I'll uh, work in a nonprofit. I know how to do that. And, and then they, they just couldn't pay me enough to pay my bills. So I was like, Lord, what do you want of me? What do you want of me? I don't know which way to turn. Once again, I, I felt kind of abandoned. And so I was doing calligraphy on the side. And one day I called my spiritual director and I was like, look, I think I'm going to just be a designer. What do you think about that? He's like, okay, well, um, if this fails, you can go get another job. You do know that, right? I was like, yeah, okay. And I said, but what if this is not God's will for me? What if God's will, like, what if I'm just totally missing the point? And so he kind of chuckled and he said to me, Erica, um, God's will is to love. So if you can love in your work, if you can love when you're painting or you can love when you're working at the movie theater, then that's God's will. We don't have to create, I think as humans, we, we create all of these um, puzzles. Like think of it like God has this plan for us and then he takes all the, the um, puzzle pieces and throws them up. And then he's like, good luck. You can find your way. And like he doesn't do that. It's not about having to find the right thing. It's about really loving with our lives. So I I, I was like, okay, I'll I'll try this. And I really didn't plan on going into my whole story. So this talk is taking an interesting turn. Um, And I just feel like at this age, like I would consider myself um, maybe on like the upper tier 
of the young adult. I'm still, I'm, I just turned 30. I think I'm a young adult. Um, but I think it's an interesting time for us as, as Catholics, especially, um, and the way that God can, can take our lives um, and really surprise us. What happened to me is that God really surprised me. So I, I decided I'm going to have a design company. And it was called Be a Heart because that was my blog from Brazil, and it just never changed. And my brother, I remember him saying to me, um, yeah, like, you already have 500 followers, so you can't change now. And I look back, I'm like, okay, we could have changed it back then. Um, but it's kind of funny, like, the way that the Lord says, like, what I really want to be is a heart. Like, how do we really be love in this world where the world out there can really be the dark place that I lived in when I was in college or when I came back from Brazil? So how do we as Catholic people be this light? And I think bringing beauty into this world is one way to do that. So I was on Instagram and I saw this girl who had this new thing called Blessed Is She. And I was like, hey, I could do a calligraphy quote for you if you want. And then she's like, okay. So I did that. And then she's like, yeah, I actually need this journal designed. So I was like, okay. And we just like continued on. And now it's a thing where we have 200,000 women who are getting our emails or 10,000 women buying our Advent journal and being able to journey with that. And a huge part of that is creating beauty. So along the way, I just kept saying yes to God. And, and my work is creating actual art. Um, and let's see, that's my business logo. I think I meant to go on that. Uh oh, did I lose it? No, we're good. Uh, to go on that. That's the be heart. Um, and when I'm sitting down to my desk every day, I, I question a lot, like, what am I doing? I'm sitting here painting, and I'm sitting here uh, drawing quotes or making logos for people. But Pope Francis said something really beautiful about beauty's importance. If someone has not learned to stop and admire something beautiful, we should not be surprised if he or she treats everything as an object to be used and abused. And I think we look at the world out, out, out there. It's weird to say out there. We are part of the world and um, in here even. I'm probably in my own heart. If I don't take time to slow down and see the beauty around me, it can become really dark. It can become a really dark place where um, uh, you can swipe right on people's Tinder profiles and they can just be thrown away. Or you can um, buy a shirt from H&M that was made by hands who are not paid well and throw it away. Um, or we can really invest ourselves in, in this idea of beauty and I'm a very visual person. I, I say my brother took the musician role of our family. He's a musician. And so I kind of just stepped out of that. So I, I talk a lot in terms of um, visuals. But if you love poetry or you love writing or you love music, like these are all ways that God has bestowed beauty into our world. Beauty like truth brings joy to the human heart. So this concept of beauty, it's not, we, we are talking about our churches that can be beautiful. The, the church that my, parent, that my parents go to, um, we didn't have enough funds to build a new, the new building. And so we've been in this like cement box. 
And I notice that when I'm there, I want to leave pretty quickly. Like, I'll go for Mass, but then I don't want to stand around and talk to my friends. And then you come to a parish like this that's really beautiful, and we want to hang out here. And I think that um, I've heard from, from other Christian denominations who say, like, oh, you Catholics, you just put so much money in that gold cup. And, like, the point of it is that that gold cup can elevate us to God, not in and of itself, but the way that we use it can elevate us to God. And then I will say that the way that we dress and the way that we decorate our homes and the way that we um, wrap a gift, those are all little tiny ways that we can bring beauty into this world that are important. And I think um, not everyone has this, this um, call, like especially in I'm Getting Married, and Paul is not good at keeping a home. Luckily, he doesn't have any furniture that I have to integrate into my house. Um, we will be selling it all on Craigslist soon. And, and I think that, as I was saying before, like we each find our little ways that we can integrate beauty if you are so called. Maybe you're not a creator of beauty, but you are someone who can stop and notice the beauty Maybe when you're out hiking, you can say to your friend, wow, look at this beauty. Like, who is this God who can create every kind of different flower with all of its variations? And then all of these people. It's really cool being up here. It's very rare that we um, stand in a place where we're, like, looking at all of these different faces, at least for me. I'm usually sitting in my studio alone or with my two, my two gals. Um, and, and, like, to see the beauty in each one of you and the way that we present each to each other can spark something in our hearts. And when that is sparked, I believe that that's God. So this really beautiful quote, architects and painters, sculptors and musicians, filmmakers and writers, photographers and poets, artists of every discipline are called to make beauty shine especially where darkness or drabness dominate everyday life. They are custodians of beauty, heralds and witnesses of hope for humanity. As my predecessors have repeatedly stated, this is Pope Francis saying this, I invite you, therefore, to care for beauty, and beauty will, in turn, heal many wounds that mark the hearts and souls of men and women today. So what does that mean? custodians of beauty, heralds and witnesses of hope for humanity. I was thinking about it, how um, this is like a, a hot topic, but we can talk about it here, of like this idea if we go back to abortion and a lot of people in our world and in our friend groups and, you know, I, I know a lot of people in L.A. who just don't see it as an issue and they can so easily throw humanity away. But if we can create in little ways, like it's the buildup, it's all the things that we do in our day where um, maybe we, I don't know, do the dishes for our roommates, like making our homes beautiful, even in the way that we organize all of our things. And if we present ourselves as we are um, uh, 
going to work or I, I, sh I can't even say that because I, sometimes I just look terrible when I go to work. But there's a certain way that we can present ourselves to each other. It's so funny. I'm also really used to talking to a lot of women and I see so many male faces here. And I think that we, like, as much as um, we are the same, we, we all have different gifts and a lot of times that feminine touch of beauty is needed like that's the really beautiful thing in a marriage that like I can take over all of the beautiful things in our house and Paul can like maybe I can convince him he he's not a good example because he doesn't want to do like any yard work or anything so I have to hire a task rabbit for that I think is what's going to happen um, but but these ways that we can say that you matter so I'm a calligrapher, and I, and I was teaching a calligraphy class last night, and I told them that one of my favorite things to do is to just make the little place cards. And if you see your name written really beautifully, then maybe you will feel known and seen and important. And maybe taking a few extra minutes to pick out something to wear or um, wrap a gift or make something for a friend, or bring flowers to your mother, or see the homeless person on the side of the road and bring them coffee, but maybe attach a little note. All of these little things that we can be co-creators with God. So God is the ultimate creator. And then as people, like a lot of times we can think of co-creator just as in creation of a child. But co-creation is like painting something that didn't exist before or maybe building like the physical structure of a home as an architect or a builder or all of these little ways that we can say that people matter, that life matters, that there is beauty and there is worth and to build up the kingdom in a different way. I think that there's like, I, I think, as I said before, you can create something really beautiful just to turn it into to yourself. Like, um, maybe someone who's getting like Botox or something. I don't know. I'm thinking of all these people in LA who just like walk around and they're supposedly beautiful and they all look like themselves. But that doesn't point to our God of greatness and of beauty. And so for me, it's been a great joy of my life um, these last couple years to see the way that God works in my life and the, the, you know, ways that he can use me and that I can experience the Holy Spirit. So um, I'm turning this into, it's very funny to, to turn this into something about work as well, but the way that we do our work and all of those little things that we do in our daily lives and for me, I have to get on my knees and ask God to be in my life. So as, a, as an artist and a freelancer and starting out my business, there were so many times where I was like, uh-oh, I don't know where the next work is coming from. Like, how am I going to do this? I guarantee what I have now is not what I had four years ago or three years ago or two years ago. And so my spiritual director said to me, um, I wish he was here just to give this talk because it might be better if he did. Um, he, he said, well, who's your boss? And I was like, well, I am my own boss. And he's like, you are not your own boss. God is your boss. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. 
I get where you're going. And, um, and he said, so when you had a boss and you ran out of work, you went to them and you said, hey, do you have anything else that I can do for you? So he said, what if you just went to God and said, like, hey, is there anything else that I can do for you? And so I started the practice of saying that when I needed work. If I finished a project, I would get on my knees and say, hey, God, uh, what, el- what else do you got? And I would always get an email with the next project. And then now, as blessed as she, this is, I think, our fourth year that we're doing the Advent Journal. So I'm always kind of panicked, like, how am I going to come up with a new idea? The content is the same. We know the story of what happens. Um, and for somehow, um, the Holy Spirit always gives me a new idea. There's so much new um, ways that we can express the story of God. There's so m- infinite as infinite as the amount of people in this world. And so there's a way of living a constant um, communion with the Father. And I, um, I, so this is our latest Advent journal. And you can see that I, I painted all of these ladies. And the journal is about each one of us having something different to give and the way that we can all each individually bear light. And I don't know where you're at in your, in your own journey with God. And maybe you're like me where you're having uh, doubts if he exists. Or when you're home alone, all you see is the darkness. Or you're experiencing an addiction. Or your heart is broken or you don't know what job you're going to have, or you don't even know what career path to go into, and you don't know if you want to be a part of this church where there's scandal and there's unknown and there's pain and there's suffering. I would say seek beauty. It doesn't have to be a song from church that sings about God. That's not the point. The point is putting ourselves in front of something that is created, that is so beautiful, that moves our hearts, that we can experience Christ. And there in our suffering, and there in our hardship, and there in the pain and and the unknown is where he can touch us. And... I have yet to meet someone who, it's not always, as I keep repeating, that beauty, the same beauty will speak to me, speak to my heart, as it will yours. But I think it's about finding the thing that does speak to your heart. Or finding the thing that, um, that, that you want to participate in. I, I love to go to museums, and I will, my friends like different art than I do, so we separate. And I can go and sit in front of this huge painting, and it makes me feel tiny. And when I can feel tiny, it means that there must be someone bigger than me. So I can't say enough. I, I, I don't, I'm not a theological scholar. But the Lord has called me to this thing of beauty. And he's called me through moving my heart of saying, like, there is light that can flood the darkness. There is light 
that can flood the darkness of our hearts and our lives and our families. And it's found within this church. And I think there's a lot of beauty in the Mass and, and in our chapels. But you can, you, you can experience God's love in other places as well that draw you back into the church. And I don't know if you've had the experience yet, but I imagine that if it did that for me, if it did it for my heart, that it might do it for other people's hearts as well. And I, I don't, uh, I struggle of going into like, do we, do we live our Catholic faith only to draw others to Jesus or do we live our Catholic faith because we are known and seen and loved in our, in our church, in the God that we find here? And I think if we focus on that, if we focus on the way that we um, experience God, then others will surely be attracted to it. And the way that we, um, in Blessed Is She, see that women are, are attracted to the colors, maybe, and they want to know more. They want to know what it says inside of this book. And if we create beauty and, um, and, and cultivate a heart of beauty, then our church can grow. And someone said to me, where was I the other day? Um, oh, this guy came into my office I don't think, sometimes people don't know, like, I'm a Catholic artist, so they come in, and then it's like, I got this, like, Mary Shrine going on, and, um, and then he, he wanted a new brand, and he said, you know who needs a new brand? The Catholic Church, and I was like, uh, all right, thanks for that comment. I don't, I, I, I might agree um, in some ways, but I think, um, I think that the church is full of beauty in the writings that were offered by the saints and the writings that are offered in the Bible in the Psalms and the beauty um, and the way that God speaks to us, that there's so much to seek out. And I think right now what's happening in, in um, the Catholic faith is that the Spirit is moving a lot of beautiful movements and, um, and, and artists to come back to the church and start recreating. And I think as young people, we have the opportunity to invest in artists, um, whether it's purchasing something that's really beautiful, that moves you, that maybe, like, is not what your mother would buy. Um, and you can see here, I, I, uh, Mary has been on my heart and has been um, presenting herself to me and asking me to continually create things for her. So I painted her one night, and this... Um, you'll see the bandanas in the back, and a lot of the, um, the girls are wearing them here. But as I told someone, I think if you're a boy and you wear one, you A, look very cool, and B, women will think you're very cool if you wear it. <laughs> um, but it's all my story. So each time that I experience something in my life that Mary came to me um, and, and different experiences, you can see the Virgin of Guadalupe, um, Funny story of that is that Paul and I chose to go to Mexico City for our honeymoon. And I, I can't say I'm like a good enough Catholic to remember all the feast days, like right when I, you know, like takes me a second for it to register. So we made all of our bookings. And then um, like a couple weeks later, I was like, oh my gosh, I think we're going to be in Mexico City for Guadalupe's feast day. And sure enough, we're going to be there. And um, my fiance is not Catholic and he chose a saint of the year and he got Juan Diego. Um, and so I think Juan Diego was bringing him to Mexico City for his honeymoon. 
I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Um, and, and these different ways that I can tell my story through my art. Um, and then the, the other one is Aparecida, who's from Brazil. So these designs that are coming, that are coming out of it, and Pope Francis called the Virgin Mary God's true spark of beauty. And so I think we can end. I, don't, I probably like really went under time. I'm sorry if I did. Um, I hope I didn't go over time. But I think, I think right now, um, of being able to quiet our hearts and to ask Mary, the mother of Jesus, in all of her lovely motherhood and, and guidance, and joy and love who brought her beautiful baby son into this world and said yes. Maybe we can ask Mary tonight where we can say yes. Where we can say yes to God. Where we can say yes to the light. Where we can be these little pillars of light that walk into our jobs or our schools or our homes or out with our friends. And our lives can become beautiful. So I think just find that thing within yourself that maybe you've been saying, no, no, I'm not doing that. That's not the issue. And we ask Mary for her guidance that we can say yes to him, to our God who loves us so greatly and who designed every little flower and every hair on your head. As we say, Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I hope you enjoyed that talk from San Diego Theology on Tap. My name is Pamela Poe, and I'm the Associate Director for the Office of Young Adult Ministry here in San Diego. We would love to see you at our future diocesan young adult events. If you are new to the area, looking to get connected and grow deeper in your faith, we would love to connect you to a young adult group here in San Diego. You can reach out to us via our website, yamsd.org, Instagram at yamsandiego, or Facebook. Thanks again for listening. God bless you, and I hope to see you soon.